0: Okay, we're live with this next episode of the Steadfast podcast, the Steadcast. We're coming at you from an actual live location at yes, the moment.
1: very exciting. So. Uh,
0: yeah, very live, very cold location.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I should just explain um, kind of what we're doing here. This is this is very exciting for us. We've decided to try and take the pod on location. It was one of my real ambitions when we started this to, to give it, you know, some kind of visual aspect as well. Yep. And I think, you know, when you run and when you want to achieve goals, you don't just do it from the same place over and over again. You venture out. So well, we, yes,
0: this is the podcast equivalent of going on a run like nice, nice through the woods or round a reservoir or something like that, as as opposed to just going on the treadmill or yeah. around the track. <laughs> so, yeah. Here we are.
1: That's a, that's a, that's a good way to uh, to talk about it. So I should explain just kind of where we are before we really jump into the pod. And uh, we are currently 16 stories above Ipswich with uh, some pretty astonishing panoramic views of the area, which Kieran and I ran around this morning.
0: Yeah, we did. I mean, where where did we go this morning? Let's, yeah. uh, so sorry for anyone who's listening to this and not watching, <laughs>
1: but... Yeah, get yourself onto YouTube and have a look. But <laughs> yeah, So we started off um, by the waterfront, which you can see behind us. And then we sort of trailed up and then... Over really the horizon, and then hopefully the—I don't know if we can kind of point to it from from where we are. Cause
0: well, we're, already we're roughly yeah there, if we can see. We yeah. came around and then looped back down that nice little hill. And then into the waterfront where we did some drills and got some very confused onlookers as we were doing that. <laughs> yes. So but, it, yeah, go on. What's the What's the reason? Why are we up here today?
1: Yes. So we should jump into the pod. Basically, the reason that I bought a 16 stories above Ipswich is because I wanted a fantastic visual metaphor to talk about being on top of our game. <laughs> so we've come on top of the local area to to really dive into the subject.
0: Absolutely. We're talking about being on top from the top.
1: Yeah, and really kind of the way that I wanted to set this up was I thought, you know, I'd throw the idea over to Kieran and Kieran has a lot more experience than I do, certainly, of being on top of his game. So I thought that he would be able to kind of, you know, draw us down some paths of maybe his experience and hopefully from there we can all draw a bit of inspiration. And really, you know, we can we can learn about the things that maybe you've done, and maybe some things that we could all that we could yeah. all do if we want to, you know, feel on top of our game, go and run a PB at park run or a marathon or whatever it might be.
0: Exactly, and things something like running a PB and something like that. I'm sure that there will be something here that we talk about that somebody hasn't thought of or didn't know was necessary, or just just didn't really think to do leading up to the big day which would be a race or a park run or just any any kind of performance any kind of time where you want to get the the maximum performance out of yourself yeah hopefully there's going to be a couple of tricks and tips that you can pick up from this podcast or video or however you're watching it and yeah, apply that to your own running and help that make you a little bit better. And you'll probably get a few things from do this you know, as well. I, you know what I was
1: just thinking, Absolutely. actually, rather, I fancy myself for, for like a new parkrun PB <laughs> at some point. So, yes, so, uh, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully- Probably, probably
0: not tomorrow lot. though, after today's exploits.
1: No, well, I've got, I'm, going, I'm going to the gym later as well. So uh, I'm going to be yeah, I'm true. Going to be sore come tomorrow. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Kieran, to kind of like jump, jump into it because obviously the topic of being on top of your game might mean different things to different people. I know, for me, if I talk about my own experiences, I've really been on top of my game in two instances I can think of. Yep. One of them obviously being Project 5, something that we've discussed on this pod before. And I think that you were confident in me and I was certainly confident that, you know, come the day I could go out and hit that sub five mile. Exactly.
0: And there was a couple of things that we did in preparation for that, which you probably will talk about now. And you didn't realize that you did Right. preparing for that to get that performance out of yourself that i kind of had to coax out of yeah. you a little bit Well, i'll, Which... le- I'll let you lead with them because if i didn't know i was doing <laughs> it then then you
1: better give me some pointers well i think
0: it w- they'll just naturally come up and you're like oh well, yeah no we did do that so for example the thing that we've discussed before of jogging around the outside of the track in lane six yeah. as a warm-up no good point yeah it's, it's a mental warm-up yeah. and i, I think it?
1: that's i think that is one of the biggest key things for being on top of your game is knowing and believing and trusting in your in your own kind of psychology before
0: absolutely well so okay we'll dive dive right in with the sort of the broad strokes of what we'll talk about right is i think being on top of your game which the broad definition that we're working on here is having the best possible performance that you can deliver on that given day yeah that to me is being on top of your game you might because you may not be in shape to run a pv but you may run, you know, way quicker I, than you thought yeah, you could, for example. No, and,
1: uh, no, well, actually, no, to give you a key example of that, is that's something that happened to me very recently at Kesgrave Park Run, mm-hmm. where I annoyingly didn't have my barcode, wasn't wearing a watch or anything, and yeah. went out to just kind of roll with the punches and see how I felt, and my Park Run PB, which... As it stands, was set in a different course, which is much more hilly, so probably accounts for more. Anyway, it was 1933 at the time, yeah. and even though I didn't have an official time, I reckon I rolled in in like 1924, and that was not. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: there you go. Yeah, I mean that's technically a 5k PB. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but that was that
1: was not with the attitude of, you know, I'm going to go and run a PB. But yeah. it was obviously I'd done enough to kind of do it, where I thought, right, as long as I can hang on, I was psychologically, you know, confident that i could make the finish line yeah so maybe the, yeah. yeah maybe
0: there was something that you did there maybe mentally or even accidentally physically in the lead up that yeah. put you on top of your game so the divisions that i've come up with that i think are most important for being on top of your game is the mental aspect right the physical aspect and the controlling of the controllables yeah if that makes sense and we'll we'll dive a little bit into each of those i think Probably we'll start off with, the physical aspects will probably be the quickest to just sort of rattle through, and I think you'll probably know most of these. I mean, number one, being on top of your game, physical aspect, you've got to warm up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But the thing is though, you know, let's not overanalyze everything, but I think it is easy for people to neglect, and something that you've said to absolutely. me before is it's amazing, even at a serious level, how much people
0: kind of sometimes don't warm up. Oh, absolutely, I mean, sometimes, you probably, at the at the club level and above, you'd rarely get people that would just show up to the line and race, Yeah. as they would uh, say a park run or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'd recommend, even if you're just going out and doing a park run, like five minutes of jogging beforehand and like maybe a couple of, I don't know, 60% effort sprints of like yeah. 50 meters or so, you'll feel so much better in those opening and well, you'll be so much more controlled in those opening stages which will allow you to feel so much better in the closing stages. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That then you'll end up running faster overall. I mean, I had to teach you that the hard way of yeah. pacing strategies and things like that, but we'll come to pacing later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of people, and myself included, won't warm up properly until they're kind of taught how. And that's yeah. maybe a topic for another day that we can really delve quite deep into. But yeah, yeah. doing a good warm-up is very important for performance for getting the most out of yourself
1: yeah and i think uh, talking about the physical aspects of things as well is that i think people need to understand what builds you know that a pb isn't something so i i have had the attitude on a couple of occasions where i've turned up to a run and i've like i reckon i could go out and run a pb today and i get halfway around <laughs> and i'm like damn and that's only because i haven't you know i've barely done any exercise in the build up too yeah it. and i think. <laughs> I think, you know, you've got to you've got to be, you know, prepared to put in the work and you've got to you've got to recognise how your body's gonna change if you do more work in the run up to it. Absolutely you know, well, part you'll of get better out of it.
0: Absolutely well, yeah. Part of the physical preparation for being on top of your game is obviously the training that you do in the weeks and months leading into your target event. Yeah. So that's I mean that almost goes without saying. But what a lot of, what some people don't take into account is the tapering off of that training going into yeah, your event, your target event? So, and, I say if you're running a marathon, you don't want yeah. to be running your highest week's mileage on the week of your marathon. You no. want to be coming off of running high mileage a few weeks before. Yeah. And then you go. You want to go into the marathon with relatively fresh legs. I mean, from what I understand, I've never run a marathon, yeah. but from Full what I understand of yeah, no, <laughs> from what I understand of doing marathon training, specifically high mileage marathon training the taper you usually don't feel so good and that's that's normal It's, it's normal to feel more tired on your taper than you do when you're running sort of your big mileage weeks and your big volume sessions.
1: Yeah, that seems astonishing though because, you know, certainly when you get up to, and you're obviously kind of coming into this yourself, like the higher yeah. mileage part of your year, mm-hmm. you know, talking about running 100 miles a week, which for some people, even people that are listening to this, you know, and certainly for me, running 100 miles a week, that's that's crazy. it's like, yeah. a lot of mileage. And,
0: and Absolutely. It seems... Well, at the same time, there'll probably be listeners that like say, 100 miles a week, that's nothing, yeah. I'm 150 or so. <laughs> but and it it's seems... just finding what works for you with mileage. Yeah, but, it's, but... it
1: does seem astounding that you'd feel... Like you say, you'd feel more tired through running less. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: no. I mean, if you use 100 miles a week as your... We'll just use that as our example. You don't need to run 100 miles a week to run a good marathon. You can run a good marathon off of 40 miles a week, 50 miles a week. Yeah, no fair. Equally, you can run... There's there's just a lot of ways of getting from A to B. Yeah. Um, But if we use 100 miles a week, say you're doing a 12-week build-up. Yeah. Generally, probably you'd have... 10 weeks at 100 or so, or four weeks, three weeks at 100, hundred, one at 80. Right. You take a down week every so often. That's what I personally like to do. Okay. Just because racking up week, 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 week at very high mileage, your body needs to rest, come down a little bit in order to adapt to those training. Okay, to yeah. To that training that you've done. Um, it's a pretty simple equation. I, can't, I think it was uh, Steve Magnus that wrote it in his book. Right, okay. Of... Stress plus rest equals improvement.
1: There and, uh, we go. That,
0: that's the simple formula for training.
1: Yeah, and, and do you know what? It's, it's a good one because I've never heard it before. Exactly. Well, there
0: you go. But it's it's so simple, but so effective. Yeah. So let's say you have a, let's just say you average a hundred miles a week for the for the ten week block leading into the marathon, and then you've got those two there's the next two weeks where you're starting to taper off. So, so let's say you go eighty on one week, and then you go a sixty mile a week the week before the marathon. Right. That 80 and that 60, you're gonna feel way worse than you're doing those hundreds, but you're still gonna be recovering. You're still gonna be building your glycogen stores up. Okay, yeah. Ready to have that maximal effort on okay. marathon day. And it's important to do that because you need, to come, you need to come off the pedal in order to make those adaptions. That's the yeah. rest part. And then the adaptions come after you've had the rest. Yeah, the training no, that, that you yeah. do now generally probably won't help you for a good four to six weeks or so see yeah
1: i mean that's that's astounding but it's an interesting point because you know you hear about training camps and you hear about how people prepare yes and it's it's amazing that you know because you think about yeah most people would probably tailor it up to a point where they go like oh you know if you can run yes let's use the marathon as an example. Yeah. If you can run you know, 15, 20 miles comfortably, mm-hmm. you'd feel like you'd wanna do it just before the marathon because then that way yeah, when you do you'd it, you think you'd oh, <laughs> Exactly, you're but like, oh, all right, let's do
0: my longest run here. <laughs>
1: but you're talking about doing that a month in advance. I mean, when you say like that, a yeah. month's a long time. Absolutely,
0: yeah. well, that's the thing is to get, we're talking about being on top of your game here. We're not yeah. talking about just going out and completing a marathon. We're talking about completing a marathon as well as you possibly can. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, well, if I were advising somebody training for the marathon a 15 mile run would be kind of the lower end of what you'd be doing in terms of a long run um but that's i mean that's for a different maybe we'll do a podcast on just marathon training yeah no that's Um, that's fine but no yeah no you need to it's a long process building up for a marathon i mean even before that marathon specific block yeah you're going to want another block as well where you're training for sort of you need to improve your speed your foot speed at the five and the ten thousand yeah or five and ten k whatever however you want to phrase them and that's, it's just that I think for me is the way that I've seen people have success over the marathon from what research I've done. That's what I think is the best way to train for it.
1: Okay, I mean, and obviously this is just talking about a marathon as one example. You it know, is, but I mean, the
0: taper principle applies to all distance running events. I mean, if you want to really target a park run, for example, like if you want to run your fastest park run, it's the same method for as if, me or mo farah or whoever your favorite runner is wants to run their favorite the best 5k
1: and do you know what and an, an ex- a really simple way i think we can bring this point home maybe before we move on to an, another one of your notes is you know tapering wise if you're going to go out and have a workout the day before you go out and run a quick park run you're not going to go it's- out
0: and do a super hard super fast run no absolutely well you're it- suppress you're just suppressing what you would be able to do on yeah. that next day. And
1: I think that's probably uh, yeah, a good a good metaphor
0: for it. Mm. So, so, yeah, so... so yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm not we've, saying we've... don't work hard, but yeah, <laughs> no. work hard at the right times, which yeah. does segue quite nicely into the next point that I do have, which yeah. is have a plan or make a plan or have somebody draw up a plan for you. Trust it and stick to it.
1: And do you know what? This is something that I think is probably, certainly at my kind of level, you know, so sort of like probably... What I'd call better than an average fun runner,
0: mm. but
1: you know, obviously not quite at like a club level or something. Having a plan is something that I haven't really appreciated for a long time, and well, I have been the
0: only time you've had a plan. Let's first of all, there's a huge, a heavy, heavy correlation between buy-in and success. Right. If you're bought into what you're doing, and this is, I think, the most important physical preparation, is having a plan. Right. And the plan, like. It's physical and mental. It kind of crosses over those barriers, but having a plan and buying into that plan—if you execute it, then you're gonna. If you've made if you've made the plan properly, you're gonna have success. Or if the plan has been made for you properly, you're gonna have success. And the only time I've ever seen you have a plan was Project Five.
1: Yeah. Well, something. And that look I was, how that went. Yeah. Well, so, something <laughs> that I was going to talk about is actually I find it really interesting because something that you know, like I was saying, my maybe level of runner that I sit at at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've never appreciated how tactical running can be, and I think for the average person, you know, if you're just going to ask the average person who's going past you, you know, name a tactical sport, they're going to say all sorts of things. They're going to say chess and football and boxing football, and rugby. rugby, yeah, yeah. You know, but if you said running, people just go, "No, you just go and run around, and if you want to win, you just run faster than someone at the last bit." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, or you know,
0: even not even just you just run as fast as you can until yeah. you can't run no more. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's interesting because you do see different
1: tactics and techniques actually unfolding in races
0: yeah you do you definitely do
1: and yeah something that you said to me before we started recording here is obviously about you know kind of having faith and like you say sticking sticking with maybe your own pace as well so so sort of maybe jump into that I don't know if you've got any
0: examples of where you've done it and it's worked really well for you you yeah well I mean I've been in enough races now that I've had just about every tactical scenario that could play off I mean I've had times where i've gone out into the lead when i maybe had no business doing it and i've managed to just run away from the field because i made that bold move at the start yeah i've also had times where i've done that and i've been swallowed up from the pack and maybe had a disappointing performance because i trusted my pace a little too much right um i've also had times where it's been a slow pace and i've just sat in and trusted that my ability and my speed in the end would be enough to win the race and had that go either way right but i mean yeah no it's just about Assessing the competition, if, you, if we're talking about this from a competitive standpoint, it's about assessing the competition, assessing how the race has played out in the early stages, right? and making a decision on what the best way for you to get the best performance out of yourself would be. Yeah. Now, if that's making a strong move and trying to break away from the pack, then go for it, do it, but just commit. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you've got to commit. You've got to properly go for it. Yeah, you
1: can't kind of half do it. Yeah, it? and that's yeah. that's
0: not running a 60-second 400 in the middle of a 10,000. No. It's, <laughs> it's just if you're running, say, if you're a 35-minute 10K runner, yeah. you're racing a bunch of other 35-minute 10K runners, but you're running at 37-minute 10K pace, and you don't have the best kick, yeah. or there's somebody in there that you know has a very good kick, and you want to win the race. It's It could be... You know your local ten k, and there's just a guy that you know that's there. It could be a county championship or whatever, whatever the race is. Yeah. Your best move in that scenario is probably to start running. You know, thirty-four and a half minute ten k pace, yeah, so yeah. that you can try and outlast the guys with the good kicks. I see. Yeah. No. Try makes and put sense. A, yeah. a little bit of a little bit of stuff in their legs, so that that speed at the end is suddenly negated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: No. So it's. Uh, I, I've like I said, I've never really kind of thought about race plans as it were but yeah
0: well i mean the, it's it's not just at the front of the race where it comes into play as well yeah. i mean it's it's all over i mean it, you could be in last place in the race but if you go out too fast your performance is still going to be worse than it would have been i mean whether if you're going to finish last no matter what you might as well still get the most out of yourself so yeah. say you're running your maximum pace is 10 minute miles yeah for a 10k right you don't want to go out at nine 30 miles because that's too fast for and you it's gonna hurt yeah Yeah, you, you want to average 10 minute miles and if you've got something left in the end then run yeah. your last mile in nine don't yeah. yeah don't go out at nine minute pace just to stay with the pack you want to because running ultimately is an individual sport and you're doing it for yourself to get the best out of yourself yeah right yeah well something that
1: i would maybe kind of would question in that example is Let's say, for example, you are on the track or on the road or whatever, and you've got this game plan. Um, mm-hmm. Surely, being able to do it successfully and be able to do it well is coming from kind of your knowledge, not just of your own of yourself and the training and things that you've done. Yeah, the course, maybe your competitors as well. But so an example that I can think of is like if I'm running, trying to run a fast park run. The one thing that I found helped me, certainly on the Chantry Run park course, which is the one I did before I kind of, you know, became a bit more loyal to Kesgrave, mm-hmm. is when I first ran it, I didn't know my splits. I didn't really know kind of where my mile yeah. markers were. And, and a massive difference is I made the I made the effort in the week that I went out and ran my fastest time. I went out like the Wednesday or something. Mm-hmm. And I just walked the course and I walked it with Strava in hand so I could watch when it clicked over mile one, mile <laughs> two, mile three. <laughs> yeah. Know, but, and the thing is, you know, some might laugh, well, why didn't you wear a watch? Why didn't you Strava on Saturday or whatever it was? But the thing for me is I found that gave me so much more confidence because then when I went out, I was confident, You'd right, then hit
0: that spot and be like, okay, I'm one. a mile in, yeah. I know,
1: yeah, mile one, look down at my watch, if, you know, cause I'm finally wearing a watch in one of them. <laughs> you know, go down, all right, I'm running at 6.02 pace. Okay, so if I hold that, that's gonna be 18 minutes something. So even if I go a little bit slower on mile two, you know, as long as I'm not going 30 seconds slower, Yeah. Which, well i mean we both know
0: how much that last mile at chantry park can bite yeah
1: but but i found yeah but no so so that's what i maybe can we get into that maybe that was something that was on your notes is talking about maybe knowledge of of kind of the space around you and maybe the course you are running on and yeah how you can execute that game plan more successfully as as a result of kind of you know having that knowledge of of
0: yeah definitely i mean we're drifting a little bit into the mental preparation of of going into a race but i don't okay. see why we can't just address it now fair uh, we'll probably drift between the two anyway um yeah. but yeah so i mean pacing yourself is one of those things that yeah like you do need to have some knowledge of where you're running and where you are in the race to know sort of am i am i on the red line am i past it am i going a little bit too easy maybe yeah and I mean, some people like to do that by knowing exactly where they are on the course and knowing exactly what their splits are, what their pace is. Some people like to do it by feel, just by sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm about this far in and I feel like this. Yeah. I should try a bit harder. I should back off a little bit. Right. It is something that's up to individual, the individual and to a certain extent also their coach how they've discussed what they want to do before the race right so it does have to it has to do with your ultimate goal so if your goal was to run 18 minutes for example for the park run and you're going through the mile in 602 yeah suddenly you might panic and you might be like oh no like i'm that's two seconds slow like i've got to pick it up and i've got the hardest mile still to come so it could freak you out okay Uh, Um, that's that's, yeah interesting that's just that's just the other side of it if if you go off too quick like say if you'd seen 530 on your watch at that mile marker you'd have been like oh no like i'm in for a painful <laughs> last mile here you know yeah. um, or you might have like reverse side of that you might have thought 530 are miles ahead nice yeah. and like that could have given you the confidence to go out and have a really good run it's yeah it just depends like yeah what you'd plan to do but if you had gone out in 530 and i told you no faster than six flat yeah then suddenly you'd... that's you then not sticking to the plan yeah and... so it's it, it's yeah. all about being able to make those smart adjustments during yeah. the race.
1: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I, I guess it does come down to, I guess, discipline to a degree, and, and really, yeah. dis- oh, discipline's massively. a massive thing in running. Obviously, you've got to be disciplined to get up early and go out and do your long runs and all that, all that sort of thing that you. Uh, you don't have do. to get up early to be no, a good runner. That's no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know what yeah, I mean. No, I don't, in, yeah, you've no, got to yeah. have the discipline to you know, to, to put that work in. So if you've... My point is, is, you know, to really be on top of your game is you, like I say, trust in yourself because even if you do go out one way or t'other, other, you know, too quick, too
0: slow... It's, it, well, you've done it there. Like, you have to deal with the consequences and yeah. that's why having a plan is important, but you also... You need a plan A, B, C, D and all the way through to probably Z. Like, you right. just this is another we're, we're straying very much into the mental side of things now so i think we might as well just make the switch over there the only other yeah. notes that i have for physical preparation Go on. is just to make sure that you're well fueled and hydrated and if it is a big target race like say if it's a, a big city marathon or a 10k that you've wanted to run really fast in it's just make sure that you're sleeping well in the okay. few days prior to it it's the night before the night before the race that everyone says is the important one to get a good amount of sleep. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back around to the Almighty. We're 16 floors closer to you,
1: Eliud Kipchoge. <laughs> um, is that okay. he he talked about um, in his build up to? I think it was the London Marathon. He said mm. is that I don't see. The marathon as two hours of work, I see it as twenty-four hours of work. The, you know, more wow, well, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Even more that. And that was and that was something that again I'd never heard of it, but I loved the idea of it. And do you know what I've started doing as a result of hearing that, and speaking to you and understanding that attitude a little bit more?
0: Getting eight the... hours sleep a night.
1: Just about, yeah. Well, we'll come <laughs> on to my alarm clock thing in a moment because mm-hmm. I've got the best alarm clock in the world, and Lumi, you need to give me some money. Um, <laughs> but no, basically. Um, Something that I now do, and I make a conscious effort of it, every Friday night before a park run, Mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm drinking a ton of water before I go to bed. Oh,
0: absolutely. Hydration starts... Three, four days before the yeah, event. especially you know, Well, for a park run, perhaps not so much, but... But for a big race, yeah. For, yeah, long yeah, long yeah. I mean, if you're racing in the heat, specifically, yeah. anything 10K and up, like, and, yeah.
1: And that's the thing, and, and even, I think, even right the way up to the elite level, I mean, I think even in, like, the Breaking 2 project a couple of years ago, was it Lelisa Was he was not performing in his training? No, because he but, wasn't hydrating. Because he basically wasn't no. drinking Well, anything, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? So so that could be a really good point, you know, so maybe to round off the physical side of things is... You know, think
0: about it ahead of time. Be so hydrated, be fueled, yeah. be rested yeah. and do you know what, if you did those three things, if, those, if you just focused on those three things, I can almost guarantee you'd see an improvement in your performance without yeah. actually making any improvements in your physical shape.
1: And do you know what, we've already talked about the run that you and I went out on this morning and for the listeners slash viewers of this pod, whenever I go out for a run with Kieran, I always find it slightly intimidating because at <sighs> any moment he can him. obviously bolt off at a pace I can't keep up with. But I made a conscious effort yesterday. I really was excited to go for the run, and I made the effort. I was drinking lots of water. I was resting, and then this morning I felt absolutely right as rain when we came yeah, out.
0: Yeah, you, you went bombing out the door, whereas I had a twenty-mile training day. Yeah, you had, <laughs> including lots, nine had miles of tempo pace. So, uh-huh. it was, yeah, I was.
1: But my point is, is that I prepared well for it and I you felt did. really good on the run. And
0: you felt, you felt probably way better than <laughs> I did. That was, so first mile of that was probably the hardest 7.30 I've ever run.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's real world proof. So obviously, Absolutely. yeah. So fueling hydration, sleeping well. And like I say, if anyone wants tips on better sleep, buy yourself one of those wake you up with the sunrise alarms. Cause they're great. Yeah. I've got one. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, let's move on. We've moved on. Yeah. From so physical. that's,
0: I mean, that's, that's pretty much all of the physical attributes that you yeah. got well that i can at least think of if you can think of any more or anything that you'd like us to expand upon a little bit just drop us a comment or drop us a message yeah but yeah what was the mental thing that we were gonna well, we go were talk- on about before we started tangenting everywhere
1: well i think it, it was it was thinking about how to maybe overview your race how to trust in yourself how to execute plans that sort of thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean well trusting the process obviously yeah it's super important making a plan super important which I think is where the importance of having a coach comes in I mean it's not essential you see some of the best athletes in the world are self-coached yeah but if you don't know like those guys are the best athletes in the world and were one of the best athletes in the world before they went self-coached like pretty much anyone who is self-coached has had a coach at some point I see yeah yeah I mean I had a coach for eight years or so yeah then i coached myself and now i have a coach again because i feel like you need that totally. accountability almost yeah to and make sure i mean for me it's more of a don't do that don't do this rather than do
1: this but again yeah and, and to and to bring it on to a mental aspect is one thing that i realized certainly from running with you and obviously you know training with you and, and under kind of your tutelage from uh, from mm-hmm. project five is well, that's
0: some, accountability is a big one that and, you needed.
1: So yeah, and that's it. And and being able to finish a run and being able to, like you say, account to someone, show it to someone. Mm. For me, even if you just said, well, actually, Sam, you fell off a little bit in the middle, but a great run overall. Just yeah. me going and, and being able to show someone, like, look, I did the work. Yeah. You know, especially if, if that's a new thing, because we, yeah, you, know, you get lots of people that maybe don't run every day, but you get people that like to get into training for events, you know, marathons, ten ks, you know, obstacle course races, whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. And I know the difference between me trying to train myself is different to when I can actually come to you or even...
0: Because you don't... Well, you don't have me say. You don't have somebody saying, oh, how did it go? Like, did you hit your splits? Yeah. Just somebody that you have to report that back to. Yeah, yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. It just gives you that, like, that sense of obligation of like, okay, well, I don't feel so good today. I don't really want to go out and run 10, 400s, but... Like, oh man, my coach has told me go out and run 10, 400s at X pace off of X recovery. So yeah, it's a real thing. This is what I got to do. Like you've got to just go out and do that. And another thing as well with the mental, with the whole mental thing and being coached and things like that is you have somebody to tell you when you've done good and you have also somebody to tell you when you need to try a bit harder. Fair. Which, and also, that just popped into my mind what you were describing about saying like, oh, hey, look, I've done this. You get a lot of people now on social media and things like that. Like Instagram, for example, will post their runs and Strava is a great example. Yeah, yeah. Me saying to you, for example, oh, good session, like you really nailed that one. Yeah. Is the same level of kind of endorphin hit as somebody would get as like getting 20 or 30 kudos on a six mile easy run on Strava. Yeah. Which... There are good and bad things about that. I mean, having Strava, for example, if we just use that, can keep you accountable. Because if you stop posting on there, people will think that you, like, oh man, like he stopped training, like you yeah. stopped doing stuff. I mean, I yeah. personally took a bit of a move away from Strava because I just didn't really, I wasn't fully comfortable with people seeing what I was doing every day. Fair. And, I don't feel the need to have that kind of like that accountability. Like I know I'm going to do the training. If anything, I'll, yeah. if left to my own devices, I would overtrain, which again is why I would bring in a coach. That's why I'm not coaching myself anymore. Yeah. No. Um, but it, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important to have that accountability, that sense of obligation and whether you get that through a coach, through a friend, through Strava, through social media, having a goal telling people your goal however big or small and then telling them how you're gonna get there
1: yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say tell, tell people or how being told
0: there. how you're gonna get there yeah is gonna help no I, I like it absolutely I like that's gonna help lot. and that's part yeah well, that's part of the mental sort of preparation isn't it like, yeah no I agree you've got to be mentally ready to do it
1: yeah and I think to because mentality-wise, I don't know how much much more we can talk about, because I think we've covered actually an awful lot there. Yeah, Um, I
0: mean, a couple of things that I've got here is you've got to be ready to hurt going into a race. Yeah, and that's, uh, do you know what, that is
1: one thing that I think we can talk about very briefly, and and certainly in my experiences are, and Project Five, running on the track was a big thing. I know Mm. that the second and third lap of that mile run they hurt, they sting, they're nasty, really nasty. Yeah. <laughs> However, the thing that I am relatively good at, I think, is just being able to say to myself, no, it's one more lap, come on. One more lap is, is doable, it's very easy. And I think, like so, said, just trusting in yourself, like knowing exactly. that, and, and the other thing is, and I always Whereas tell if you myself. Just, if
0: you, you have, yeah, you have to have that positive self-talk yeah. of, once I get to the last lap, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas what you might, what some people might think is like, oh man, like this sucks now. Like, how am I going to do two or one more lap of this? Yeah. How am I going to hold this pace or even try and get quicker? Like, this is impossible. Yeah. I can't do this. That negative self-talk is going to... It's going to scare you basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's going to make you scared of the distance. And what I'm what I'm talking about as well is like in the days, hours, moments before the race, it's just being ready, just being ready to hurt. Just thinking yeah. like, okay, like I want to get the most out. And again, bringing it back to, we want to be on top of our game. Yeah. yeah. No, We're sat up here for a reason. We're not just freezing yeah. our asses in, off in for no freeze, real reason. In the freezing cold it's, on my ass. It's, it's got a bit better to be fair. We've warmed up, well, warmed into warmed, the podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, like you're trying, you want to be on top of your game. To be on top of your game in running, I, sorry everybody, but it hurts. Your best performance you would usually remember as being in a state of flow and it feeling effortless but i promise you at the time <laughs> it hurt i remember i look back on my 10k pb and i think like oh man like that was easy i could have run so much quicker Bad. but then i remembered the moments after the race
1: you when over i couldn't the line. yeah
0: when i couldn't stand up and yeah. i was like gasping for air like well, it hurts you, running fast running your fastest hurts you've got to be ready for that and do you know what? there's a great quote i
1: can't remember who said it. i have a sneaking suspicion it might be some will smith quote from somewhere right he's got this quote about dying on a treadmill yeah and it's that whole it's that it's that thing about pain and determination going he goes we can start running on a treadmill at the same time and you are either going to stop before me, or I'm going to die trying. And it is that it is that mentality. And, Pretty much, yeah. And when I think about some of my own performances, and obviously I have not performed to massively hard degrees, but I have run races where I've thought to myself, or I've run races or run events where I've thought like, I want to do well here. Well, I after to- that
0: five minute mark, I mean, you must have been thinking as we were warming up and things like that. You were like, must have been thinking, oh man, like. This is going to hurt a lot.
1: Well, I, I, I knew it was going to hurt. I, I, I was maybe trying to deny it to myself, but secretly I knew. And I know from when I've had training sessions for that, where I'm running along and you can barely feel your legs That's, at the end. Yeah, you know, I'm and so you're, glad you said and that. You're, and you're kind of like, the thing that I get, and I even have it sometimes when I run casually, is I just, I had it the other day where I was running along and I thought to myself like, Joe, you know I'm running fast and I can, I start to feel my legs go a little bit, you know, like mm. they kind of start to feel a bit wobbly. numb, a bit yeah, wobbly yeah. kind of thing. And I thought to myself like, oh, you know, it's only a little bit further. I, I can just, you know, take a foot off the gas or whatever I thought, because it was only like a little fun run. Yeah. But I have had moments where I've felt like that before and I've just thought, just keep going, just keep going. And I've forced myself through it. And then at the end, I thought, whoa, I ran quicker than I expected Yeah, so,
0: well, I mean, I think we've had that to a certain extent today. I mean, yeah. we finished the run and you're like, whoa, okay, that was fast, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally, yeah. We were finishing our last couple of miles in like 6.20 kind of pace. Yeah that's, yeah, that's shifting for yeah, me. That's, that's, <laughs> good run. I mean, that's good running, I mean, that's. Yeah. Phew just uh, just under 20 minute 5k type of pace i think 19 and a half something like that yeah, yeah. sweet that's i mean that's good running and yeah. but that does because issues. you said what well, i mean you said yesterday yeah. you were excited to go for a run this morning you yeah. mentally prepared yourself to hurt and what you said about that hurting in training as well we'll bring it back to project five again. You had some hard sessions there. Yes. Nasty. sessions. And that in the being heat. able to, being able to recall how hard you've worked in the buildup for a race. Yeah. When you're feeling nervous and you're feeling worried about how much a race is going to hurt. Or if you're in the middle of the race and you're thinking like, "Ah, oh, this is hard. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Recalling that training can be such a good mental, like just trick basically to yeah. just trick yourself into, continuing for that little bit longer even if that just gets you through the next 400 meters yeah just thinking like oh like i've worked so hard for this like i'm not going to give up now yeah and on the flip side of that is when you're training and it's getting hard remember your goal remember why you're out there doing it remember the race that you're training for yeah and
1: and another thing just very quickly before we move on this is like an old sales proverb they talk about success and that sort of thing is this idea of fast forwarding and and this kind of thing And, and uh and the term specifically is, I remember how he talked to me by a trainer who said something like, he goes, his dream in life was to go out to some Greek island and build a villa. And he'd already pictured it. It, did, it didn't exist. It didn't even mm-hmm. own the land. But he said, Right, like, it's going to be painted this colour, and the driveway is going to be there, and the pool is going to be there, and it's going to be this many stories tall. And I yeah. can even see the tile. The t- and that whole idea of fast-forwarding, visualising your, you know, his version of success yep we can bring that down to that is you know is you want to be able to cross that line in four minutes something or you know or whatever exactly well ex-
0: that's exactly i mean i wanted to run a few years ago i wanted to run a sub 29 minute 10k wow and that is 69 seconds per 400 meters Ugh. so i was i just became obsessed with that number i yeah. was just everything like in training and stuff like i've got to be running this pace or quicker Yeah. And then it came to the day and it happened around twenty eight thirty. Well, twenty eight thirty seven to be exact. But it just shows like, yeah, that preparation, like that visualising what you want and just knowing what your goal is and having that as a target to work towards in training and having that training to recall in the race is gonna make a hell of a lot of difference mentally. And just I've got a couple of couple more little things. Go on. A couple of little tricks that I personally use. Okay, this is pro tips here. Yeah, pro tip. Well, these have all been pro. These everything that we have discussed so far, I use to a certain extent, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. So be these, these are actually pro tips? Coming something at, that I, coming I tell myself. <laughs> yeah, no. Some, something that I tell myself on the line, like because I and in the build up on the day of a race, because I do get a little bit nervous before races, is it's just a race. Like no one cares in the grand scheme of things like the people that I'm closest to in the world don't care how I do in this race I know it sounds strange to say to say but like my friends my family yeah they'll still love you if you run like crap and they'll still love you if you run a massive pb it does not matter to them they'll still be proud of you they'll still think that like yeah you're doing a great job yeah and that's something that's really calming to me okay coming into a race that's very that's allows me to just sort of take that deep breath and be like okay like this is for me let's just give it all i got yeah yeah you know that's i mean simple. that's it's,
1: it's simple isn't it that, is it's that, simple is that i mean simple like, yeah. yeah
0: no, i guess we don't you don't sound like you have anything to say on it so right. we don't need to say much more about that one the last thing that i have with mentally preparing for a race as well and it does kind of it does kind of segue off of that last point fairly well is just remember why you're there and enjoy it like no one is forcing you to go out and run this race. You're there because you wanna do it and you're there because you wanna do well and you're gonna get the most out of yourself by executing it with the most passion and the most sort of happiness possible. Does yeah. that make sense?
1: No, it does. And the thing is, but they say that, you know, in every sport, they say a happy sportsman is a, is a good sportsman or a dangerous Absolutely. sportsman, whatever yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see it all the time, you know, you see it when people are running races and even though they might be on the brink, you can see they're like cracking a smile or... Yeah, well, you know, Kip Chogi just the, <laughs> the, yeah, the little classic, smile in the yeah. last couple of miles of the yeah, marathon. Yeah, um, yeah, but and, hey, but actually, he's a
0: nutcase. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but, you can't say, yeah, you can't say enough for the effects, the effects of PMA on performance. Yeah. Positive mental attitude, is gonna help like if you're yeah. going in if you're stood on the start line thinking like oh man, like, i don't want to be here like yeah. i think a lot of athletes will relate to this when i say sometimes i stand on the start line and i think i would rather be anywhere else right now <laughs> and i go out and run a massive pb yeah, yeah. but like you don't believe that no like yeah. as long as deep down you know that like i'm here because i want to be here i'm Doing this, I'm pushing my body to its limits because I want to find out where those limits are. I want to find yeah. out how good I can be, and you know that can be a sub two-hour marathon, or it can be a it can be a two-hour mile. It doesn't matter. Like, as long as you're out there trying to be the best you you can be, you can walk away proud of yourself.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a great yeah, it's a great point to to kind of close that section. Yeah. That so, on for. so mentality what closed. Mentality so, closed. Hard physicality closed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so right controlling the controllables this is the stuff that like you have full power over like you can't control if it's going to be wet and windy on race day that's obviously going to slow you down <laughs> freezing, it's gonna be... freezing cold in november for example <laughs> yeah well exactly like i mean yeah a park run in november isn't going to be as good conditions nine times out of ten as a park run in june <laughs> Same story of, well, that's why they have track season in the summer because it's not freezing cold. Like the track's not covered with ice and... Yeah. So like these are things that you can control. So if we're gonna talk about weather, what can you control with the weather? You can wear appropriate clothing and footwear. If you're going to do a race and it's icy, wear footwear that has extra, that has good grip. Wear like trail shoes, something like that. If you're running a trail marathon, wear trail shoes. If you're doing a track race, wear track spikes. If you want to run with springs on your feet, wear the Nike Vaporfly. Hey, there
1: we go. There's, there's the, uh,
0: there's the the, the weekly the weekly dig. Yeah, I think <laughs> the weekly I, dig at Nike. I
1: feel like we've got two things going on in this pod so far. Now, this is going to be you know well, episode five or six something like. That. I've noticed two things that are ongoing. No, three things. Here we go. Go on. So the three things that we've got. Before I promise this tangent won't last too long. Is we've got <laughs> our salute to Kipchoge.
0: Always. Always. A Nike athlete, Rep, ironically, yeah. but yeah. So we've got our yeah. But <laughs> a salute to Kipchoge a, a middle athlete. finger to Nike. Yeah, so we've got. So yeah. So we've got
1: our. We've I will got just say sal- this is
0: this is coming out uh, just the day after some pretty bad news has been released about Nike, which I've not actually spoken to you about mm, yet. No, but I feel but like it might
1: be something to do with the a, uh, the IAAF investigating the
0: shoes. No. 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 So this is another. Addition onto the whole Salazar um, oh, here we go. debacle. Yeah. So one of his former athletes, Mary Kane, yeah. has spoken out about some of the mental and physical abuse that she received under Salazar's tutelage. Oh, geez. And it was essentially he and the team around him were constantly telling her that she needed to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight to perform. And it got to the point where she had a whole bunch of broken bones, stress fractures, things no like way. that. She was, yeah, she was so weak. They'd from just losing because far. they had put, yeah, because they pushed Disgusting. her to lose all this weight and train at a world class level. Unbelievable. And one of the quotes from the guys, anyone listening to this that doesn't know what I'm talking about, just search into Google. If you type Google in Mary Kane into Google, it will likely come up. It's a seven minute video. She explains her story. And like, honestly, I challenge you not to be a like just touched by how hard of a time she's had and how she's come through having such like horrible physical and mental abuse from salazar nike and their team yeah and also not to just sort of be a little bit disillusioned with a nike and be the sport of running a little bit like it's kind of a sad note to go on just after we talked about having a positive mental (laughs) attitude but yeah yeah we've somehow we've segued onto this by saying that yeah we're not i'm personally and this is my personal opinion and i'm allowed to say this because I'm not really under contract from anyone <laughs> not to say anything, <laughs> is that I'm not a big Nike fan. But and anyway.
1: no. so what I was going to say before I was- What's, a, what's
0: the third? because I, I was
1: rudely interrupted. We've got our salute to Kipchoge, we've got an extended bashing of Nike. And the third thing I was going to say is usually I find a way to throw a boxing analogy in here somewhere as well.
0: Well, there we go. We're throwing punches at Nike. There, there it we is.
1: There we go. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm heavyweight haymakers at, them at the moment.
0: So we've got footwear, appropriate yeah. clothing, controlling the controllables. Yeah. So Oh, yeah, you can control the clothing and the footwear that you wear. If it's cold, and you need to wear extra layers like they're not going to slow you down like nobody you're not a hero for running a race in a vest if it's minus five degrees <laughs> like for god's sake wear a thermal wear a pair of gloves <laughs> so i went out running this morning in a pair of shorts and t-shirt i was in tights gloves long sleeves and well, guess who guess who was moaning that their hands were cold yeah, on the so way I wanna home. Po-
1: yeah i want to point out feet were fine legs were fine body was fine hands <laughs> felt like they were going to fall off so yeah point, yeah. point so, made on that
0: Wear appropriate clothing. You can control, you can't control the weather. You can control what clothing you wear. And adversely, if it's hot, like, dress for the heat. Like, wear short shorts. Like, don't worry about what you look like. Wear a vest. If you want to cut holes in the vest, cut holes in your vest if it's going to help. Yeah. Like, if you're a guy and you want to crop your vest by cutting it, do it. I've never personally done it, but, I mean, if you're running a marathon or something like that and you need it, you need it.
1: Yeah. No, interesting. And, the other thing I, I had some other point is I guess a lot of control of the controller was a bit of that talks about what we talked about earlier about like your nutrition and your hydration. Absolutely. as well. That's it's, it's exactly
0: what I was going to start. going to so just yeah.
1: make sure you're banging in the water and you, you know, you're, you're yeah. eating the right
0: things as well. Exactly. Well, yeah, be well, be well fueled for a race. I mean, fueling is something that is an increasingly touchy subject in running because of the awareness that we have now of under fueling. Right. Especially, I don't want to say especially in female distance running, but especially in female distance running. No, go on,
1: explain your point. I I don't know anything about this, I should add, so I'll be interested to just get a comment. Yeah, so I mean, well, it's,
0: it's really important, especially at the elite level and the club level where you have females that are taking their running very seriously. Right. And they're overtraining and they're under eating, and in some extreme cases, which. I say extreme, but it's a lot more common than you think. And it's spread through a lot more levels than you think. Like it's not just at the top level. It's maybe not even just at the club level. Like it can be at the intro level. Like if you suddenly just get really into running, you're not a member of the club system or anything like that. You just think, oh, I want to run my fastest half marathon. Yeah. If you overtrain, you under-eat and there's females that are losing their period and they're getting something called REDS, which is Relative Energy Deficiency Syndrome. Right. And that is they're losing their period, which is giving them weak bones and leading to injury, essentially, and leading to a lack of energy being available for them. It was formerly known as the female athlete triad, but, and this is ending careers for some people. That's pretty shocking. Yeah. And And I'm, I'm not the person to really talk about this with. I mean, there's tons of people out there that would be a much, much, much better and more informed than I am about the subject. But but to be
1: fair, I think, you know, and this is something, obviously, yeah, we've got to be a bit careful on a subject like this because obviously you and I don't really have a passport
0: to talk about it. No, absolutely not as males, but it's something that we should know about. And and I awareness is what I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I I almost feel bad for not being able to talk as... as affluently about it as I could as, but, as I should be able to but the,
1: but the thing is you know, I've learned about this for the very first time 10 seconds ago and you've told me yeah which but, is
0: crazy because I mean you're a keen runner yourself yeah
1: but the thing is is that something that I find really quite shocking personally you know anyone who's watching now can see my eyebrows have gone up an inch
0: you know I find that quite shocking
1: to, to read about and also you know ultimately if I picture people that i know i don't want them getting hurt i don't want anything horrible happening like that to them. no exactly and it and you know whether that's through some pressure of social media or something like that maybe people going on oh, well I don't that's
0: wanna. you've hit the nail on the head you for know, some oh, of it i mean there's there's a very much
1: yeah i don't want to eat because i because i think i'm gonna look bad in my next instagram post Well, right? there's a
0: lot of people that say that i say that do say and still maintain like salazar for example a female runner should look a certain way but so- and no athlete should look a certain way. Like no, 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 no. You have like fair enough. Like here we go. Here's our boxing analogy. A boxer yeah. has to meet a certain weight to be in a certain weight category. Yeah, but they all look different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. A, they, a they all look different, and B like if your natural body, your natural build, your somatotype, whatever it is, yeah. if that doesn't fit a featherweight. You don't yeah. go into the featherweight, do you? You go yeah. into whatever's above it, welterweight or lightweight, yeah. or, you know, like yeah, you don't. Super feather, I think, first. But you, yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. Well, whatever yeah. the but categories no, are, don't, you don't force yourself into being in no, the but, featherweight category. Whereas you get these, you'll get runners that think, okay, lighter is faster, and they'll just shoehorn themselves into a weight that yeah. just isn't isn't right for them well, I mean, Is if you're training good,
1: uh, comfortable i guess but isn't comfortable if you're training
0: them, yeah. and fueling appropriately your body will find its natural race weight and yeah. i i hate the term race weight i yeah. don't think that there should be in terms of physical preparation if we just leap back to that yeah. from way way in the front of the podcast like your race weight shouldn't be part of your physical preparation it shouldn't no. even be a thought no. in your mind no. your race I, weight is I whatever it's whatever the hell weight you are
1: yeah so that's, that's a bit of body so, positivity we're going to be spreading on the, yeah, on the exactly. podcast here. Is if well,
0: you, yeah, so somebody should. like. Yeah,
1: no, but the thing is, like I said, I
0: didn't know about a
1: lot of that. And what you're talking about with you know, with the girls and maybe how they you know, might feel that they have to train or have to eat or something mm-hmm. like that. I find that shocking. And my message is out there is, you know, it's difficult because, you know, pressure from social platforms or whatever. But if you are working hard and you're running, that's a massive thing. That's a massive thing to be proud of. So oh, do not, whatever you do, do Not let someone tell you you shouldn't be eating X or Y or this or that. Oh, no, base, yeah, no restrictions, basis, <laughs> yeah, on the basis of it's going to hurt performance or it's going to hurt your way. If somebody said to me, right, if I met somebody at Park Run, right, who's going around and is like licking around the course in a personal best time where they've mm. improved their time by 10 minutes from the first time they ran it, and then I said, Oh, that's great, do you want to eat X or Y? And they said, Oh, no, I shouldn't, oh, that's bad I, for you, absolutely not. I'll you tell just, you, just, you've earned it, yeah, My exactly. God, you just, well, I'd ran be like, PB. just you've earned it, go and stuff your face, whatever the hell you want. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well,
0: going back to my 10k PB, I ran that in Parliament Hill in Highgate, which our mate Adam lives. Shout out, Adam. I think that's his first one on the podcast. There it is. Yeah, well, he lives in Camden, so that's not too far away from Highgate. Highgate's just near Kentish Town, kind of place. Yeah, yeah. First thing I did after that, what did I do? Did I go and get a good night's sleep because I just I run a good race and I want to have a good rest? No, I went and I had a couple of beers with Adam. We good went attitude. out into Camden and we had some fun. <laughs> Everything in moderation, yeah, people. No. And also lighter doesn't mean faster. No, not at all. I probably, at my lightest that I've been in my career, was probably one of my slowest. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've I've been heavy and fast. I've been light and fast. I've been medium and fast. And the same goes with all of them and slow. Like your weight. Fair enough. You can't be massively obese and still trying no. to run your best. But like it's not a deciding if factor. Yeah. If you're training correctly. Yeah. If you're training correctly and you're fueling correctly. And fueling enough. I'm gonna say not fueling correctly. Fueling enough. Yeah. Like you wanna be overfueled rather than underfueled. Yeah. Cause your body is gonna it's if you're training, it's gonna burn. It's gonna eat through those calories. Yeah. If you're let's say you're training for a five K or a marathon or something like that, like it's hard to eat too much.
1: Yeah. And and do you know what? That's another thing I was going to say is that the things that I've again started doing um, mm. before, like you know, park runs and Fridays, I make sure that I pound like four glasses of water before I go to bed. Exactly. And also... Hydration as well, key. And do you know what? If I uh, if I fancy maybe another bowl of cereal or something after dinner, you bet I am going <laughs> to. Exactly. <laughs> you bet I'm having some extra eat-a-bix.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And so we've talked about obviously being careful with undereating and you know, yeah. There's fueling the right way and there's fueling with the right things but like it's just it's a process of trial and error it's something you can control but at the same time it's something that you need to figure out what works for you so try different things don't be afraid of anything once you've done it enough once you've raced enough times and you've prepared for races enough times you'll find what works for you yeah so what other things can you control on a race day you've got your clothing and your footwear you've got your hydration you've got your nutrition timing timing races races your race is going to be scheduled to start. At a oh, I see what time, you mean. Yeah, yeah, it?
1: okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So let's say you're racing the London Marathon at 11 a.m. Yep. What do you want to be doing at 9 a.m.? Or, sorry, at like 10 a.m.? You want to be warming up. I would say be warm, yeah. You want to be warming up. And for some people, it might not be possible if you're on the masses start and things like that. But there's, there's things that you can do. But everyone, or at least most people, will have a warm up procedure that they want to do. Yeah. Just make sure you time it right. And give yourself a little bit longer on race day than you would on training day.
1: And do you know what? I suffered from this personally when I went to run the half in Paris. Yep. I had a scheduled start time for my, like, you know, my time that I'd put myself down for. You've um, got to be ready, yeah. you've got to be prepared, and, you've got to be you know meticulous. Uh, but the thing is, it was silly because, you know, it's a bit grim, I won't talk about it in lots of detail, but <laughs> needed, needed to use the loo, and oh. like, enormous, <laughs> enormous queue, and in the end, by the time I've done, and come out and wash my hands, I'm like going to go and drop my bag off, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking that was like, a mad
0: rush to get over I'm to the start line, line. I've yeah. Got st-
1: I'm supposed to be starting in 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, and then you've got a big mass of crowd to join in with, and yep. in the end, I end up starting a bit late and i wanted to but yeah so timing you know, it's a real thing even from my give yourself time experience. to go to the
0: toilet give yourself time for there might be a queue give yourself time to get from where you were warming up to the start line be in the start line a couple of minutes early well about 10 minutes early actually you probably when you wanna be at the very latest on the start line. Yeah. Do you just warm up on your drills and your strides and stuff all at the right time because yep. the timing of that, you don't want to warm up too early and then you get cold by the time of the race. Yeah. Because that's how you that's how you pull muscles, that's how you feel sluggish. Yeah. So timing, yeah. Timing is a massive one. Other controllables, you control your mentality. Yep. You are the boss of your own mind. So use the tricks that we spoke about and anything else that might work for you and control that mentality. We've already spoken about your warm-up. You can control your warm-up. That is probably one of the most controllable things. I mean, you'd say, oh, I've got nowhere to warm up. There's always somewhere. Always. There's always going to be somewhere. No one's going to put on a race where there's nowhere to warm up. Yeah. Your pacing that we've already c- talked about as well and sticking to the plan. Those are the last two notes that I really have on this. Yeah. Okay. So we spoke about this earlier, pace, right? Yep. Let's say, let's just imagine you're in a pat. You've got a pack of people that you want to run with and you want to beat. Like, let's say you're racing against, I don't know, someone we went to school with that you didn't particularly like. Right. And you're like, right, I want to beat them. No names. But you're a, oh, I'm going to visualize someone
1: now. I actually talking. can't think of
0: anyone no, <laughs> you that, might want yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's but, fine. yeah, let, let's just imagine that you're in about the same level of fitness as well. Like, you've raced them, you've seen them race a couple of times and you've raced a couple of times and you've got similar results. And you're like, right, we're racing the same race and I want to beat them. Yeah, yeah. But you've got your strategy from me, your coach. Yeah. And let's say you're running a 5K and I've told you run the first mile in six minutes. Yeah. And they've gone herring off in 530. Yeah. Don't chase them. Okay. Don't do it. Stick <laughs> to your plan. Yeah, yeah. Stick to your page. Like your if you know five if I know five thirty is too fast for you and you know five thirty is too fast for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like yeah. let's say you go six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, and they go 530, six minutes, six thirty. Yeah. you got to have the confidence to know that they'll come back to you. Yeah, I'm not saying don't be competitive. No. I'm saying do what's best for you and stick to your plan. If you've made a plan, you got to stick to it. Otherwise, what's the point of making the yeah. plan? Now, if the plan was go off in six minutes unless they go hairing off, if they go herring off, you chase them.
1: That's different, yeah. Then
0: you chase them, yeah. I'll tell
1: you an analogy where I think I've seen that, actually. And I think you know I saw it firsthand. Ironically, you probably didn't because you were too far back. <laughs> but in the London Marathon, Rude. Um, <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, he's In not wrong. In the London Marathon uh, 2019, the ladies race. Old what's her name? Shanae Diver. I think it's her name. Yes. Yes. She went. She
0: stuck to her plan. That's that's such a good example. And, yeah.
1: And do you know what? But the thing is, by I was at Tower Bridge. So I was about halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know. Typically, you expect to see a pack coming through. You expect some of the packs. <laughs> and it was just so, you know, Yeah, You yeah. expect to see what I'd call like a multicultural pack, you know, usually led by maybe some of your <laughs> East Africans and yeah, yeah, some yeah. other people behind it. And do you know what? This one, I think she's Australian, I want to say. She, like yeah, that? I
0: think she's like Irish Australian, but yeah, yeah, runs for Australia.
1: But yeah, so this person just coming through, and I'm like, she lost?
0: Is she Is she one of the like. Did you know, <laughs> she cut a corner? Yeah, or Yeah, because, like, no. yeah, uh, well, I mean. Yeah. She picked up running fairly late in her, in, in life. And I think, I want to yeah. say she's 41. Wow. I'm sorry, Sinead Chiver, if I'm just calling think, out your age here and think, getting it wildly wrong. I think you look wrong. 37. Uh, yeah, you look, don't look a day over 16. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like she's... You don't expect to see a forty-one-year-old at the front of the London Marathon, especially by, not by a forty-one-year-old yeah. <laughs> Irish Australian. Which, again, apologies if that's not correct, but yeah, yeah.
1: But you know what I mean? It's not what you expect. To, yeah, it's yeah. Not what you expect to see in the morning Mar- no. in the London Marathon. Like, no, no,
0: no. so. Yeah, that must have been pretty cool. Also, yeah. I'm gonna defend myself here is the women start quite a bit before yeah, the no. men do. So I, I wasn't I didn't just get <laughs> dropped by Sinead driver. <laughs> no <laughs> just to, I, know. I have to <laughs> I have to flex my, my pride there and my ego.
1: <laughs> no, fair point. But fair point. Um,
0: no, yeah, she, I mean she she had a plan, she had a pace that she was told to run and Yeah, when people didn't go with the pacemakers, she just thought, yeah, well, I've got my pace. I know what I want to do. I'm just gonna stick to it, and I'm just gonna go for. And she did. And if I, if memory serves me correctly, she ran very well that day. Yeah, yeah, no, she did. So
1: I think she was hurt and come the end of it. But, you know, yeah. you've Well, got to, who isn't at the end of the marathon? But you've got to admire the discipline, haven't you? Um, Absolutely. I think the last point, maybe before we close off the pod, because it is freezing cold, the light's going as well. It is, and um, we're coming
0: up to an hour, so. y- Yeah,
1: no, that's fine. Um, I was going to just say, a point that you made, but I didn't notice it on your notes there, and I think this is a really good one to finish on, is look good, feel good is something you said to me. Mm. And I'll tell you what, I've noticed this for myself in a few different examples. Maybe you can talk about it, and then we'll close. But it sounds ridiculous, because I'm the kind of person who's always beforehand said, oh, yeah, I don't and give a damn, yeah. You know, I'll wear loosely fitting mismatched clothes or whatever it is, but certainly in my sales experience, yep. you know. And you know, I for anyone that doesn't know, I sold cars for a long time and had you know, you know some big numbers so flying around, yeah. and you've yeah. got big targets and things like that. I know those days, like Saturday afternoons, I turn up. And I feel like I'm absolutely on top. I've got a posh watch on. I've got a posh suit on. Yeah, you're all
0: you're primmed and you're yeah. polished and you've got to look the part. And do you know what? Yeah. Because well, people are dropping a lot of money on these cars. And
1: I've had days where, you know, I've gone out and I've had an absolute flyer and thought, that sale felt the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> and I've gone, yeah, like that come the end of it. Yeah. And race day and training, like even silly little things. Like I've had <laughs> moments where, you know, like I'll give you a key example is in Project 5. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, like, I wanted to look good because obviously it was gonna be well, on camera. Well,
0: speaking of looking the part for Project Five, what did I make you buy?
1: Short shorts.
0: I made you buy a proper pair of running yeah, shorts. Yeah, no,
1: you did. Yeah, and uh, and, and I, you looked
0: the part. You yeah. looked a hell of a lot more like a runner wearing those than you did wearing your baggy basketball <laughs> over the knee kind of things. Yeah. And yeah. And I I'd, I'd like it, to think to a certain extent that helped in a mental and physical type of way because you you, know, what, you pull on the right pair of shorts and you think right I'm a runner I mean business yeah, yeah. and do you know what I
1: made a special effort that day as well trying to just get some of my hair out of the way so I used some like super strength like <laughs> j- only because I knew it was going to be hard work because it was raining and I didn't yeah, want it to just it be was, going, yeah. you know for <laughs> anyone that hasn't seen me on the camera here I've got a load of curls on the top of my head and I didn't want them going whacking me in the eyes whilst I was raining whilst <laughs> I was running whilst it was raining and I was running so yeah. so in the end you know I basically used some super glue to hold it out of my face. As, as a result, oh, well, yeah. well, as a result
0: I, I felt much better for again it. yeah you've got physical and mental benefits of that. Yeah. You might have thought my hair's slicked back I'm looking good I've got yeah. my short shorts on I'm ready to run fast. Exactly and, yeah, you did in the end. Yeah. So, so yeah Yeah no better. I I just think look good feel good like if you feel fresh and you feel like you look the part You'll subconsciously or consciously make that step to to kind of perform the part. I yeah. mean, you don't want to be, I don't want to be stepping on the line and I'm in like sort of full Adidas, like sponsored up, looking looking the part. Yeah. And then go and come way back in the pack. Like, yeah. You know,
1: you want to make sure if that I'm you're yeah, wrapping. if
0: I'm wearing all of my gear, all of my like yeah, you yeah. know, all of my fancy stuff. Like I want to be up there in the front, like looking yeah. good.
1: Yeah. And yeah I, I yeah I can't think of an example where where it doesn't get in life you know look good feel good is a real thing because it's Absolutely yeah no what well, that's true it's, yeah, it's just self confidence isn't it you know and it is What a
0: what a note to end on something that yeah. applies to every every aspect every of your aspect life. Of life make sure you're looking good feel and you'll feel good yeah and, and hopefully you'll perform the, good
1: yeah and hopefully on the topic of looking good you've enjoyed <laughs> you've enjoyed seeing our our mugs um, in video for scenery. the first time and hopefully with a lovely view behind us albeit <laughs> starting to fade and get a dip, bit darker
0: but, uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Do you want to oh, round it? Well, yeah, the moon is also out. Right oh, wow, now, look which at is that. Lovely. It shows just how long we've been <laughs> blithering on. So we've wasted enough of your time, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around if you're still here. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Are you cold?
1: Yeah. No, very. <laughs> I mean, let's go inside. <laughs>